We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. World Series over. Yankees win. The Yankees win. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. It's their 27th World Championship. The most of any team in any sport in the history of professional sports. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Casamigos Big Shot of the Night is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. And today into tonight, the Casamigos Big Shot of the Night goes to former Yankee, now Met G-Man, Toy. Number 26 for your Metropolitans. Hits his first spring training homer as a Met. I saw it was 107.2 miles an hour off the bat. With that nice uppercut left-handed swing, he's trying to be your new Daniel Vogelback. G-Man Choi, my Casamigos, big shot of the night. LGYM, let's go Yankee Mets. 877-337-6666. Back to the phones we go. Chris is in Manhattan. Chris, you got it. You're awesome, man. I'm so happy that you got me on as a Mets man after that previous call because I completely agree with him and you, and I'm calling from the Mets fan perspective. All these blowhard Mets fans that want to give Yankee fans a hard time, and it's not what it's about, man. Get excited about your team. You know, what have we done? Wait till we do something and you want to start playing those games. I have nothing to do. And those are the same fans, Keith, that are, like, criticizing Stearns. They think they know better. Man, David <laughs> Stearns has forgotten more than these people know about baseball. Yeah, Sorry, they, they helicopter in. They think they yeah. know everything. I think I took a call when I was on with BT, and it was a Met fan saying all this stuff about, we'll trade Alonzo, and this guy sucks. Oh. And, then, and then he said, uh, Brett Batty, Brett Batty sucks. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Clearly, you don't watch the guy. You don't watch the team. If you called him Brett Batty, it's B-A-T-Y, <laughs> not B-A-T-T-Y. I'm like, that's a dead giveaway that you're helicoptering in as a of casual. Course. You don't really watch the team, but we'll take your call, and then you, yeah. you give us an indicator like that. You can't even pronounce the kid's name. He's not new. He's been around now. Um, you know, I get it. I, I understand that there are fans that are not as locked in as some of us that listen to the fan all day and watch all this stuff and read the articles, and that's okay. Let people enjoy yeah. things, but you got to decipher between those people and what they're saying, right? Those are the ones saying, oh, well, whatever. This season is a punt season, but next year we're getting Juan Soto. It's like, all right, all right, man. I, yes, I don't vibe with that. I have a lot of friends, you know, met Yankee fans. We give each other a hard time, but it's it comes from a different place. Let me tell you what I'm excited about, Keith. Last weekend... Um, you know, I had, was going to have lunch with a buddy of mine, and I canceled the lunch because I, I want to watch the next spring training game. That's the kind of baseball fan I am. And 
he's telling my buddy, clearly not a baseball fan, goes, oh, did the season start yet? I'm like, no, 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 it's spring training. And I was so happy I did. And I'm watching a bunch of players with eights and nines, (laughs) double digits, eights and nines. And I'm in, you know, listen, I'm a baseball fan. And for me, the enthusiasm about our team, no matter where we are, we have rebuilding, not, that's what it's about. And I have to tell you, there's a couple things, Keith, I'll go through them quickly, I'm really enthused about. And it doesn't mean I'm thinking they're not better than the Braves. I'm not saying any of that stuff, but I think as a fan, getting excited and finding things to be excited about, that's why we watch. Let's yeah. live in the moment a little bit, you know? So for me, seeing the way Lindor is interacting with some of these young players, I think is He's awesome. leading. And I feel- You're paying him to be a leader. He's taking that right. on. Right. And I think this is the year he's going to grow into that more than ever. I think we're going to see him take that lead more and more, and I think it's going to be great for the team. Look, some of the young guys, clearly there's some people with a lot of potential. We don't know what they're going to do. But some of these pitchers, if Stearns pulled this thing off and he brought all these no-names that everybody was, like, you know, ripping on, and all of a sudden we have a really good bullpen. I want to see those same callers call back in the middle of the season. You're going you're gonna have a better bullpen than you had last year. Right. I'd, I'd, I'd 100% guarantee it. That, that bullpen was terrible last year. Right. And, Keith, the last thing was I read the Mike Puma article. Yeah. Which, you know, um, he was talking about the investment that Cohen has made in this pitching lab, right, pitch lab, and all this advanced these metrics and stuff they're using. Sure. And listen, I, I mean, if that's not a way to spend money, that seems like a no-brainer. And they said that it's like I could see certain pictures like Severino, who you know better than me. Like exactly I could who see came that to guy, mind? Yep, with him like, using those those metrics and figuring something out. I think that could be a tremendous investment for the Mets, and that's a great way to spend money for an organization. Yeah, I, I, we saw the early on before spring training started. We saw the early videos of Sevi throwing his. Uh, change up Sevy in there working in that lab. I guess I think it was the Mets lab. But I'll say this yeah. too: I, I had a show last week before the Kodai Senga news where I said the Mets have it made. David Stearns might be smarter than we think. He has set this up where your expectations are so low they can't fail. When <laughs> you're uh, right. when a winning streak happens, when you string together a couple series wins, you're going to be elated because you're going in expecting them to suck, be terrible, and lose. So when they yeah. do win, because that's baseball, Susan, when they do figure it out and they do get hot, then it's going to be a hype train like, oh, okay, maybe we can make the postseason. And I think just you know tapering the expectations a bit was necessary because with Steve Cohen coming in and promising a World Series in five years, everybody was thinking, this is the new George Steinbrenner. This is the new gold standard in baseball. We won 101 right. games. We're going to win the World Series, and it's tough to do. You can't predict baseball. Guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to slump. Yeah. Guys are not going to play to the back of their, their baseball cards, and the Mets had a lot of that. Now, if you get the return of Starling Marte to his form, great. If you get Jeff McNeil to return to form, great. If you have a motivated, pissed-off Pete Alonso that goes out and hits 50 bombs, Great. If these young guys like Francisco Alvarez wants to prove that he belongs and he shows up and he's smacking the ball, good good times. Mark Vientos, Brett Beatty, there's a lot of these guys trying to prove it. And I know the Kodai Senga news hurts, right? I know the Kodai Senga news is like, well, here we go. That was our ace. We don't have him. But somebody else is going to rise. If it's Tyler McGill or Jose Buto or, or Joey Lucchese, whatever. Let these guys, yeah, Scott. Right, let right. These guys yeah. compete. And they're, they're millionaires, they're professionals, they're not going to just go out there and lay down. And I like that they came out and said everybody's underestimating them. Good, we're about to find out real soon. Keith, I cannot agree more, man. And I'm a Mets fan, I love, I just love the way you keep it real. And look, maybe, just maybe, 
Stearns has a modern vision for how to build an organization. And you know what? That would be the greatest gift to Met fans, to figure this thing out and go like, look at this. Wow, he really laid the groundwork. So listen, I'm excited. I'm not delusional. And I'm going to stay excited and no one's going to knock that off of me. <laughs> yeah, because it's baseball season. Thanks for the call, Chris. You're supposed to get excited for where we're heading. If you're heading down to spring training, I am. I'm counting down the days. Like, this time in a month, I'll be back from spring training. Like, okay, opening day. The Yankees are opening up in Houston. And for the Met fan that is obsessed with Juan Soto right now, because in your mind, you feel like he's going to hit free agency and... Steve Cohen has the most money in the sport, and that means he's going to be a Met. Just chill, yo. Just chill. He's a Yankee right now. You got to watch him take a bunch of at-bats as a Yankee. You got to watch him walk around in pinstripes. You got to watch the Yankees fans walk around like me with Juan Soto shirts and 22 jerseys. He's He's a Yankee for this year. And if I were you, I'd be rooting for the Yankees to fail in this one year of Juan Soto and him to walk anywhere, right? I wouldn't necessarily expect him to come to you, but I would be looking at the Yankee and the Yankee fan like, yeah, enjoy it, enjoy it. You guys know you got to win, right? It's World Series or bust. It's one year Juan Soto. He's not guaranteed to resign. But if you ask me as a Yankee fan, I just don't think that there's anywhere better for him to go. 877-337-6666. Nick is in New Rochelle. Nick is on the fan. Hi, uh, Keith. Uh this is Nick from the Rochelle. Uh, I just want to let you know that I'm a big fan of yours, and I listen to you all the time. Appreciate you, Nick. Thanks for calling my show, man. What you got for us tonight? Yeah, um, I had a question for you. Uh, I'm a big Yankee fan. I just, I just wanted to know uh, how do you, how do you think the Yankees are going to do against uh? Baltimore this year. I can't wait. I, I'm well. I'm well overdue for a trip to Camden Yards. Oriole Park at Camden Yards is a, a great place, and they've, you know, renovated it. They've changed it into build a ballpark to try and contain the New York Yankees. But those games are going to be turned up. I remember last year, and I've spoken on this a bunch. The Yankees were closer to them than people realize. Everybody looks at the final standings and that 19-game gap, and they don't realize that there were multiple series where the Yankees were neck and neck with them. Specifically, that first week of July, I was at those games where the Yankees won the first two games, and then they gave them the last two games, and they could have jumped them in the standings. So I think that um, going into this year, the fact that the Yankees won 82 games last year and the Orioles won 101, yeah. it has nothing to do with this matchup. It's a different Yankees team, and historically, in recent time, the Yankees have gone down there and mashed, and I think the Yankees are going to be excited about it, and the Orioles fans are going to be excited about it, and the Yankee fans that usually turn that place into Yankee Stadium South, we're going to be ready for war, we're going to be ready for a battle, yeah. and it's it's going to be like postseason energy every time it's Yankees versus Orioles. They got to prove it. They got to show me. They got to show up and win a hundred games again. Yeah, and I have I have one more question for you. Uh, in the whole AL East, uh, what what player are you uh, most afraid of when when they come into Yankee Stadium? What player am I most afraid of in the AL East when they come into Yankee Stadium? I've, I was at that game where Vladdy Jr. hit three home runs. I'll, I'll start with Vladdy. Vladdy Jr. loves yeah. playing in Yankee Stadium. And when he's locked in like he was that night, I'm like, stop pitching to him. This, this guy, the, I was at that game. I, I kept changing my seat. Yeah. Every time he hit a home run, I'm like, all right, by the next at bat, I'm not going to be sitting here. 
Um, I, I think the Blue Jays are, you know, they're they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. They could be good, but I, I just think they're fraudulent. I don't think they're really on the Yankees' level. Um, Adley Rutschman, he's another guy that I just think is a dog and controls the game behind the plate and controls, con- controls the game at the plate. He can hit doubles. He can hit home runs. But, like, you know, he's going to have Corbin Burns. I am kind of shook to see what Corbin Burns looks like pitching for the Orioles, especially because he's a guy that the Yankees were targeting. Um, other than that, in the division, man, Rafael Devers. Rafael Devers versus Garrett Cole. Uh, Garrett Cole's nemesis before before Rafael Devers really became uh, Cole's nemesis. My Casamigos big shot of the night, G-Man Choi was. You know Devers. I've been in there. I've seen Devers go deep off of Chapman uh, when I was in there. Garrett Cole in there. He's I've just seen him hit multiple homers in Yankee Stadium. So I'd say Vladdy Jr., Corbin Burns, and Rafael Devers are the three players right now that uh, I have a little bit of uh, hesitation about. Okay, we gotta we gotta you know get these guys under control. They could be a problem this year. Okay, uh, okay, Keith. Uh, thank you very much. And um, I'm, uh, again, I'm a big fan of yours, and I love listening to you. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, whatever social media you use, so I can yeah, see you I, on I there. Do. You before, uh, I actually sent you a picture of when I went to Yankee Stadium and I met uh, Michael K. Okay, I'm not. I'm not sure. It's not ringing a bell. It's not registering. But like, tweet at me now so I can see your account and maybe I'll run into you at the stadium this year. We can take a flick. Okay, I will. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate you, bro. Eighty-seven seven thirty-three seven sixty-six sixty-six. Dan. In Middletown, Dan the man on the fan again. How are you, Keith? I'm good. I, w- I wish I could watch the Devils game. I'm in here watching Texas versus Texas Tech right now. We can't get the Devils on the TV. Uh, uh, are they losing? Are they winning? Well, um, the Devils right now, the game just started. I have to check the score. Oh, of course, they're losing. one nothing. They never start fast. The Devils never seem to take the lead first, except for that stadium series game. That was magical. That's already worn off. I know Paul's got to be feeling great about that big Ranger win the other night. And yeah, we don't, gotta, we don't got to talk about Paul or the Rangers, to be honest with you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's talk some Yanks. I, I, I appreciate tell you. that, Dan. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I have to say, though, I'm so excited. I know it's only a couple games into the spring, but watching that Soto home run the other day just, that's you don't see many lefties do that. That's Oppo. something Aaron Judge would do. Apo Taco Juan Soto is like that. He should have ran out that uh, double off the wall. But it's spring training. I think Booney probably said to him, "Hey, bro, you're gonna have to hustle that up." You know, Yankee fans are gonna say something about you not running that out. But it's a stand up double either way. I'm excited to see this entire lineup. Watching spring training so far, I'm just like, huh, there's some depth here. There's some young prospects on the way. There's some kids that already look like they belong, and I know it's spring training. You can't read too much into it, but I've already started to think about some of these infielders, some of these guys. I'm like, oh, Glaber Torres is good as gone. They've got some guys waiting in the wings. And even if Juan Soto, I had the thought today, if if the Yankees win the World Series this year, I'm not so hard-pressed on signing Juan Soto. If the Yankees, um, you know, do re-sign him, of course I, I want Juan Soto to stay a Yankee, but let's say they don't. Let's say, I don't know, the, the Angels come through and offer him the most money since they don't have to pay Otani. Man, Spencer Jones is waiting in the wings. 
Well, the one thing I was thinking about is you keep Soto. So then you have your, so your outfield could be Judge, Dominguez, um, Jones. Uh, have Jones play center, Judge play right, Dominguez play in left. You move Soto to first base, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibilities. And then you're able to keep all four of those guys and they're going to be all studs. What, how do we, how did we get to Soto? Has Soto, have we seen Soto at first base? No, but I feel like there, if you could teach him how to play first base. You know how much he's going to cost to be playing first base? Or you could move Judge to first base. Now, Judge, I know, has already started taking grounders and whatnot at first base, but, like, if we're signing Juan Soto for the price tag that he's going to have, his ass got to be an outfielder. He got to be out there running down fly balls for a I, while. I he's 25. I'm not, I'm not converting him into a 26-year-old $600 million first baseman next year. Maybe Judge, yeah. because I've spoken about this already, and I hate to speak it into existence, but Judge never got surgery on that toe. And as he gets back to running again, this is going to be his first full season with it. Running the bases, running in the outfield, it could pop up in June, July, a Judge's toe is sore. And they're going to have to maintenance that. They're going to have to watch that. And I think to cut down on some of the running on the toe, you might want to experiment with Judge at first base. Rizzo, this is last year. Well, that's what concerns me about them going into the season saying that Judge is going to be the everyday center fielder because center fielders have to do the most running out of any outfield position. And Yankee Stadium, people say it's a bandbox. It has a huge outfield, especially mm-hmm. in the gaps. They play deep. Left field is an ocean. Center field is a, a lot to run. But Trent Grisham's ready to go. People keep forgetting about Trent I, Grisham. He's he's going to be ready to go. So they say, you know, opening day you'll see Judge in center field, and Judge likes playing center field, wants the challenge, wants to play center field, and like relishes it. But like they're not stupid. I expect them to get Judge off his feet. If the Yankees have a lead, a defensive replacement here comes Trent Grisham, and then even some games like um, I, I expect them to move off of John Carlos Stanton to be glued to the DH spot. There are going to be some games where Judge is DH and, and Trent Grisham is getting the start in center field. Dominguez is swinging a bat already. Dominguez is throwing the ball already. It's February. He'll be back. He'll be back by June, in my opinion. I think they're going to get him, you know, ramped up and going in, in AAA. But don't be surprised if he's the Martian and he's hitting the ball out in AAA and they're like, oh, send him. Bring him right up. So I was actually talking to Joe Vasile, who does the uh, play-by-play for the uh, Hudson Valley Renegades. He was doing a couple games at Monmouth over the weekend, and he said something that interests me, that Spencer Jones is actually the guy that would be more likely to be their center fielder in the future than Dominguez, because he said Dominguez doesn't get great jumps and isn't that great of an athlete in terms of his speed And out Spencer there. Jones is a gazelle. He's got the long legs. I was listening to BT go on and on about his home to first or not home to first, home to third, or just like whatever time he runs the you know bases in. And I'm like, great, if he can run like that, put him out there to run like the wind. But I, I, I will say Dominguez looked the part in the little bit that we saw him play center field. He didn't look overmatched. He didn't look like he hadn't been out there. He, he looked like a center fielder to me. So whatever, you got options. And no, not, I agree. not Aaron Hicks at center field. Oh, that's great. I couldn't stand him. I think something that people haven't talked about is these kids are coming up. Everyone's so quick to laud at Reals having young talent coming up, and they do. But I don't think they they're like the young talent that the Yankees have might be better, or if not, 
isn't that far off than what Baltimore had. Yeah, and the Yankees didn't have to lose 100 games and get top draft picks. They scouted and developed these kids. I've already mentioned Yorbit uh, Vivas. I'm like, who the hell is this kid? George Lombard Jr., Spencer Jones we're talking about, um, Torrens. There's there's guys, uh, Ben Rice. Um, there's guys that we're seeing now, Elijah Dunham. I just got to keep going through the uh, box score as we're watching well, spring training. Austin Wells is ready to go right now. Like there are, There's a lot of young players uh, in the Yankees system in spring training that we're watching right now that in a year or two they're going to be regular parts of the team. Which I'm so excited for. And I think the other thing, uh, what did you think of Rodon's outing the other day? He looked pretty good. He looked Granted, good, but like this spring. is what I said. And, and even Clark today, and I was going to get into that next, as there's an article out there about Blake Snell coming to the Yankees, and then obviously they asked Clark Schmidt about it. Clark Schmidt being the fifth guy in the rotation, if they sign Blake Snell, which I don't believe they are, he gets bounced. And um, Clark Schmidt looked good. I think all of these guys' first outings look good, but like there's not one of these guys that I'm like, that's my game two starter in the ALCS. Right. And that, I had an article that got put out on WFAN. It's in my humble opinion. I think obviously Cole, or I know Cole, is your 1A. But if you think you're going to advance all the way to the World Series, you need a 1B. You need a guy that you expect to take the ball and be dominant in that game, too. Is that Carlos Rodon? I don't know about that. To me, like, I, I don't know about that. Is that Nestor Cortez? I don't believe so. Let's see Marcus Stroman. I still don't, I still wouldn't pencil Marcus Stroman in to be my number two in a game, too. Um, the Yankees have had issues with that for years, right? Who do we pitch? Oh, we're going to pitch uh, Davey Garcia, and then we're going to bring Jay Happ out of the bullpen. Oh, or God. we're going to pitch Jamison Tyone, and Tyone pitches well, but we find a way to lose. It's cold game one. Who is your game two starter? Dan, you're the man. Thanks for the call, as always. Shout out to WMCX, Monmouth University. That's the radio station down there. Dan's from the radio. He was in here last week shadowing me. And, uh, yeah, shout out to Mom. I think I had to come back for, like, National Radio Day or whatever you guys need me for. I'll see you soon. Keith McPherson on the fan. Time to take another break. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. BRB. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Testaverde will take the snap, go to one knee. This game is over. The Jets lock up their first playoff appearance since 1991. On a 21-16 victory over the Miami Dolphins. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Hey, yo. Keith McPherson on the fan. KM to 2 a.m. We're about 90 minutes in. Call us up at 877-337-6666 as we get you through the rest of your Tuesday night heading into 
Wednesday, I wanted to sprinkle in some football stuff, man. I wanted to start talking about the Jets and the Giants. I just heard the Jets drop, so let's start with the J-E-T-S. Jets. 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 I mean, if you thought McCole Hardman going to Kansas City and scoring the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl was like a you know added punch or an added cherry on top. I forget the word that people have been using for it after. It was like the last uh, smack in the face for the Jet fan that this guy that you signed, paid, and uh, sent back to where he came from. He, he goes and rejoins them to get his third Super Bowl ring. Uh, if you thought that was just a sign of, you know, where the Jets were at the end of the football season and then Woody Johnson comes out to talk about new unis and counting down the days to the season. McCole Hardman was on a podcast today, and he doubled down. They had to ask him, of course, right? They had to ask him about his time with the Jets. Former Jets wide receiver McCole Hardman says there are no standards on the Jets' offense and that everyone just does what they want to do, and it's Aaron's show. <laughs> or it was, right? It was Aaron's show for the Hard Knocks episodes, and then Hard Knocks ended, and it was four plays in, and then it was Nathaniel Hackett, Zach Wilson, Rob Sala. Run it right back, run it right back. He went on to say there's no standards there. Everybody does what they want to do. Granted, the defense has more of a stabilized standard with the coaching staff on that side, so the defense has a standard, but the offense is just like, we'll just figure it out. It's Aaron's show. Let Aaron do what Aaron does. Then Aaron goes down, and it's like, what do we do now? So he didn't want to be there, of course. Once Aaron, he Hard knocks open with McCole Hardman talking about, yo, like I'm going to tell my son I play with Aaron Rodgers. I've been watching you since I was seven. And then we do the quick math on that. It's like, yeah, that's kind of crazy. And then Nathaniel Hackett who's just not a good coach, not a good coordinator. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody says. You can call up and try and counter. And keep him. No, he's not a good coordinator. This is a guy that would not adapt right away, was yelling at Zach Wilson saying, I'm not going to change. You got to step up. No, come on, bro. This is Zach Wilson. We saw what you did in Denver. And then later on in the season, you admitted that you didn't realize Brees Hall was the workhorse that he is. What? There are 14-year-old kids that watched the Jets the last couple years that could have got on Madden and dialed up better play calls for you. It took him too long to adjust, and he couldn't figure out how to use McCole Hardman. They literally had a whole package of plays for McCole Hardman with Andy Reid in that offense. 877-337-6666. So now the Jets are preparing to run it, run it back. It's Aaron's show. And I saw Aaron on a podcast today talking about, oh, he plans on playing two, three, four years. Yeah, sell everybody on the dream, Aaron. Your Jedi mind tricks don't work on me. There's just so much pending in this offseason for the Jets. They need a completely different offensive line. They need another weapon. And then, of course, right, all the delusional Jets fans that told you, oh, they're going to trade for Devontae Adams. Oh, Devontae Adams is going to want to come here and join Aaron Rodgers. Why the hell would Devontae Adams want to come to Florham Park? He's in Vegas. He grew up a Raiders fan. That was his preferred destination. You don't miss Aaron Rodgers that bad. They're going to figure out a quarterback situation over there in Vegas. He's getting to play for Antonio Pierce, who has brought back the Raider way, right? He's getting to play with Max Crosby and other players over there. He's not trying to join this dysfunctional mess that the Jets are. And you got McCole Hartman going out there telling people we already know. It just, it just keeps getting 
piled on the Jets. And the Jets are the only ones saying, this is fine. We'll run it right back. We're good. We're as, good as is. Status quo. As a lone Jet fan, two things. One, I, it, what the McCall Harmon interview showed me is that he quit on the team after Rodgers went down. That's the only thing I got out of that was he quit on the team after Rodgers went yeah, down. Yeah, like that Dalvin Cook, like Alan Lazard. Right, right. That's <laughs> the only, only These thing guys are like, we're, we're done. Like, I, I Zach don't, Wilson sucks. Right, I don't, I don't think that he didn't tell me anything else Nathaniel besides the fact Hackett that— sucks. That, Rob Sala is not a good head coach. That he quit, the defense is straight. That he quit on the team, and he was able to get back to Kansas City, won a Super Bowl. Him scoring the game-winning touchdown means absolutely nothing. Secondly, no, it's it's immortalized. It's a, a moment forever. But it means their nothing. To, it shouldn't mean he anything. He scores okay. the touchdown for their dynasty solidified. It shouldn't mean anything to Jets fans. It's a two totally separate yeah, it things. It kind of does. You made the trade. You sent him back after there. he quit. He yeah. quit on the team. He quit on the fans. Okay, but you couldn't figure out how to use him in your office because he quit. He said it in there. He said he didn't were, want to touch pelts. You were using undrafted rookies from Stephen F. Austin. He quit. I'm just saying he quit on the team. Second, <laughs> I don't know what 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 do people want Rodgers to say that the team's going to suck. He has to say he has no, to be positive. They're in what, bed. What else do you they want are to married. They like they this whole thing is going to be <laughs> I don't even want to say. This whole thing is going to be an accident waiting to happen this It year. might be, but I don't know what people want Aaron Rodgers to say. People I don't are, care. Getting, I want him to say less. Shut up and play. I want to see you play quarterback. That's what I was excited for last year. I live 20 minutes from the stadium. I'm like, I'm going to actually be able to go to these games and watch masterful quarterback play. We never got it. Right. So, but I don't listen. Rodgers does what he wants. He's a media. We all know what he is with the media, right? He's going to talk. Media he, magnet. He he. That's a kinder word than I was thinking of. He was. He, Yours starts with a W. It does. Uh, <laughs> we know what he does with the media and stuff. I am confident that he will be able to get back on the field in one piece mm-hmm. and stay healthy. The team needs a whole lot of help around him, but it starts with the most important position in all of sports, which is the quarterback. Yeah, and if. Aaron Rodgers is just a slither of what Aaron Rodgers was five, six years ago, then the Jets are going to be okay. He is. And what I've said about Aaron Rodgers, I know people think I hate Aaron Rodgers. I'm a Dallas fan, so of course there's a little bit of hate in my blood for Aaron Rodgers. But I think that this year, him being forced to be a fan and watch the NFL, he said it on Pat McAfee, I've watched more football than I ever have this year. And I think that's going to help Nathaniel Hackett when they are drawing up plays, when they're putting stuff together. I heard him compliment Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy because he's familiar with Mike McCarthy's offense. So there might be little bits and pieces that Aaron Rodgers takes from what he saw in the NFL, little plays and little audibles and little different things that he can implement after being a fan this year, which he never got to do as he was preparing week by week for an opponent. So I think that is also an added advantage. But it is on... Joe Douglas, Woody Johnson, and these guys to stack this roster. And that's not easily done. They have to have an excellent draft and free agency class. Yeah. Oh, this is this is the this is the year to like we have to totally forget what happened last year. Forget four plays in, him carrying out that flag. You get like legit a goosebumps moment for a Jets fan. Yeah. For a sports fan, frankly, on September eleventh as well. Just you get goosebumps watching that, and then for him to go down like that, just absolutely awful. Zach Wilson somehow comes in and wins the game. Well, Xavier Gibson, the punt return for the touchdown in mm-hmm. overtime. They have to come back. They have to add a few pieces on offense, get the offensive line in order. But if the key is if Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, and it's if this is now if because he has to prove to everyone that his body is able to withstand essentially not playing for a year. 
and he's make, a year. Yep, he's a year older. And and on top of that, he's a year older. So I a, a lot of questions. And, and I you're going to have an offensive line playing for their first time together this right. year. I just don't know what people want him to say. Do, do, do people want Aaron Rodgers to say we're going to suck? No, he can't say he's that. He's too confident. No, but I, I, he can't say that. I, I, I just don't. And and no one's going to say that. No, right. one, no one's going to say that. Right. I, I'm not. Everyone, like the one thing as a fan that I want, no is NFL players, is say I that. want athletes to be honest. I want them to be honest, show personality, which is what he is to a fault. Whether you, whether you like him or not, he's honest, or at least he he thinks he's honest, and he definitely has a personality. I'm not going to complain about that when when the majority of athletes are dry and they don't yes. say anything. This guy says a lot. Look what he did for this station the last year. The guy wasn't even playing, and he was talked about every oh, yeah. single this day. Is the, uh, Aaron Rodgers nonstop radio. Aaron Rodgers is the song that doesn't end. It just goes on and on, my friends. Some Jets fans started singing it, not knowing what it was, and they will keep on singing it forever just because. 877-337-6666. Are the Jets going to be able to keep Bryce Huff? I was seeing some reports that the market for him isn't exactly going to be as robust or the demand for him is not going to be as high as people think. And even the price tag for him is not going to be as high as people think. So I think I was seeing, and I got to actually follow this dude. I'm going to follow this dude right now. He puts out good stuff. I saw Antoine Staley um, posting his stuff. Paul Andrew Esden Jr. at Boy Green 25 he wrote a tweet that said, whoa, Connor J. Hughes, shout out to Connor J. Hughes, another fellow Monmouth University Hawk who I've had on uh, a few times here. Uh, Connor J. Hughes told Jake Asman that he has heard a much lower figure from a source on a potential contract for Jets D lineman Bryce Huff. Estimated he gets around 12 to $14 million per year on the open market. And he goes on to say, I thought Bryce Huff was going to be seeing like $20 million a year. Uh, Connor Hughes said that. If those figures are accurate, there is renewed hope that the Jets could hammer a deal out with Huff because they could fit that number in their cap. Hughes said those contract figures are the lowest he has heard. And I think he'd be inclined to returning. I think you have to keep that Jets defense together. If that's the one unit that everybody hangs their hat on, if that's the one unit that like nobody can, can disrespect, if that's the one unit that made everybody think, hey, this team is ready to win Super Bowl caliber, whatever, you, you can't lose pieces of that unit. You have to keep that core together if you're assuming Rodgers and if you're assuming you're going to add one or two more pieces. If you're running it back with the coaches, whether that's Chris if you're running Godwin, it back Mike with Evans, the 40-year-old quarterback, you have to run it back with this defense as well. Right. No, they're, 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 they press reset. They're just like, it's legit. You, you press you in a Super Nintendo, you blow in the cartridge. Yeah. That's all they're doing. And and they're hoping Erase it. Erase you know your what? mind of what happened. And you know what? If it works... No one's going to care. If and, it, if they working, make the playoffs. Exactly. Working isn't winning the Super Bowl. Working is ending the playoff drought and making the wild card in the AFC. They need to They need to get to the postseason. For me, the, the, the optimal goal is always championship or it's a failure. But for this specific situation, them getting into the playoffs would be such a morale boost for the fans. And again, they don't – listen – you said it earlier. Athletes, organizations, they don't care about us. They don't care about the fans, right? No, but they don't. We have they such... got you regardless. Yes, right. But for the fans' perspective, the Jets have to play meaningful January football. It is imperative. And they can win the town easily, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know what the hell Daniel Jones is going to be next year. Coming back from an ACL, he had the neck injury, damaged, damaged goods. 
Um, yeah, before we go to break, can can we sprinkle something in for the Giants fans? Because I'm about to get Jets fan calls. I know that. I'm about to get Giants fan calls. So I don't. I do not believe in Daniel Jones. I know that your GM does, or at least he says he does. Man, I was cracking up listening to this call earlier. Uh, I'm going to give credit to Mike underscore NYY because I think he posted it. But everybody's at the Combine, and they're doing, like, I don't know, just it's advanced now that they're doing, like, live shows from the Combine. That's where you just heard, you know, Connor Hughes and Jake Asman going to, uh, you know, Lucas Oil Stadium to cover the Combine. I recognize Madeline Burke in this clip. I do not. John Schmelk is the other guy. Thanks for that, Paulie. Let's play uh, Giants general manager Joe Shane um, getting a call from a fan talking about Daniel Jones live um, yesterday or earlier today at the Combine. Um, Pleasure to talk to you. This might be a little friendly fire. Um, I know every time someone talks about Daniel Jones, they talk about the Minnesota game. But I can bring up 20 other games when he wasn't very good at all, like uh, the Dallas game when it was 40 to nothing, uh, the Philadelphia divisional game when he was god-awful. What do you see in this guy? I don't get it, especially he's got two neck injuries, ACL, had concussions. How can you move on with this guy? Thank you, Charlie. Thanks for the call, yeah, Charlie. No, I appreciate the question. Uh, yeah, what I see is I see a young man that has all the physical tools and athleticism Charlie to play the quarterback the uh, right in the NFL. <laughs> I think there's some circumstances that were out of his control, and some of that's on me in terms of bringing talent in on the offensive line or depth when injuries occur where he can have some success. And and listen, Daniel's played um, played well in some important games. And, again, we, we have faith in Daniel. And, again, when he gets back healthy, the expectation is he'll be the starter, and we're going to continue to try to surround him with the best supporting cast that we can so he can have success. When? When he gets back healthy. When is that going to be? My math says that that's not going to be in August. That's not going to be for training camp. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe Aaron Rodgers is, is giving him the um, the sound of uh, Dolphins mating and all the uh, ayahuasca tricks and whoever knows. But, man, I know if I'm in control of the New York football giants and I'm coming up on this offseason and this draft, I leave no stone unturned as far as trades, trading up, trading for a quarterback, trading up to draft a quarterback, and adding a legit, young, athletic, healthy QB to my quarterback room. 877-337-6666. Of course, we can talk Mets. Of course, we can talk Yankees. It is baseball season. It is spring training. But, man, just like that, the combine comes, and football season is right back at the forefront. The Nets lost. The Knicks lost. We do not have to talk about that for the night. Keith McPherson on the fan. Call me up. We'll be right back. this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Manning back, steps up, heaves one down the middle of the field, into the end zone, and Knicks makes the catch for the touchdown! He went up with the big hands and caught it on the Hail Mary on the final play of the half. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, yeah. Right back at it on The Fan. Keith McPherson, your nighttime host, as we approach midnight. Couple minutes here. I'm not taking a call yet, but let's stack up the calls. 877-337-6666. Now we're talking football. And, you know, during the break, I was looking at some of the stories around the NFL and I was just thinking about like how much I do actually love football. 
Uh, I had a call the other night. Someone was like, "Who's your? what's your favorite sport? Uh, and I think I said football because I played. And I know there's a lot of goofies that are like, this guy, like Al Bundy, always talking about himself playing high school football. <laughs> yeah, more like Uncle Rico. Throw a football a quarter mile. See the mountains over there? Like, No, but like, what I'm saying is um, the game of football in America, me being able to play just in the hood when I was young, just going outside with a ball and finding the homies to run four-on-four, seven-on-seven, whatever it is, tackle football in the street, and then that turning into Pop Warner football, and then me playing Pop Warner football and peaking my best year I ever played. I was 12. That was my best year in in football, peewee football. I scored like 32 touchdowns in one season. Should have saved some for high school and college. Maybe I would have went pro. But what I'm saying is, man, like, what I love about football in America and what I love about the game is how many of these guys and not just coaches or not just players, but coaches and scouts and people like how many of these guys football gives a career to. And what we're about to see is the dream realized for a lot of young men that are in the combine. And what we're about to see is these NFL teams you know, bring these young kids on, draft these kids. And we're walking into the combine later in this week. You know, it's Wednesday coming up, but then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you can you can watch these kids work out and compete. And it's crazy now. We're at the point now where some of these kids are already millionaires. They're like, I'm not throwing, I'm not running, I'm not testing. I'll test at my pro day. But now NFL Network, SEC Network, Big Ten Network, you can actually watch these kids' pro days. It's, it's amazing. You know, I remember being at James Madison University and uh, this kid, Akeem Jordan, he ended up going to the Eagles. But he was a senior when I was a freshman. And he was a ridiculous linebacker. I got to watch his pro day at JMU and, and look at, like, the different coaches that pulled up. Uh, from Or not coaches, but scouts that pulled up from the NFL. I'm like, this is crazy. Uh, even my guy, John Nalbone. John Nalbone also went to the Eagles. And he was at Monmouth University. He played tight end. And I got to watch him work out and train in his pro day. And, you know, football in America is everything. Friday night lights and, you know, colleges, getting scholarships, getting to go to college on a scholarship. It's just it's different than baseball. In baseball, it's like you can be a great baseball player. You can get drafted. You can end up in the minors for your whole career forgotten about, or maybe you make it, maybe you don't. And there's more of an influx of Latin American players, Japanese players, foreign players. Man, football is Americans, and it is uh, Florida, Texas, California, and there's some pretty good players that come out of New York and New Jersey as well. We're going to talk about the NFL news, the Combine, some of these guys that are going to be tagged, not tagged, all of that coming up, and I'm taking your calls on the Jets, on the Giants. Of course, the Knicks, the Nets, they played tonight, and the Yankees and the Mets out in spring training. This is Keith McPherson, your nighttime host. I'll be right back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 